church this morning for the 9am service. I say this is where all the real Christians come, is to the 9am service. So great to have you here this morning. And uh, just want to run through a prayer point if you can. Remember this, Thursday this week, uh, the Prime Minister will be introducing a bill to Parliament, which is the uh, Religious Discrimination Bill, which is designed to protect the rights of any faith-based person to believe and practice their faith, how they see fit. So um, the, the fact is there, we don't have any protections like that in Australia. We never have had. And the way in which uh, society is going and the way in which, um, you know, I guess litigation happens is it's very precarious to be a believer and uh, stick to your values. So what we believe uh, is because our Bible explains it. And uh, what we want to... Uh, you know, I guess preserve for future generations is the, uh, the 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 context of our faith is is what we believe and and that shouldn't be um, a, a cause for us to be uh, you know I guess breaking the law because we're following our Bibles. But uh, what others want to do these days is reshape our morality uh, without the Bible. So we want to um, uh, trust and believe that this um, uh, religious discrimination bill. Uh, we'll get through Parliament. So, you know, I guess in the natural, it doesn't look like it's going to go far, but we believe in a supernatural God and just want to ask and um, remind you guys to, to pray for that on Thursday. So, here we are. Who's, good to be, who's glad to be in church? Yeah, okay, that's good. Four of you, that's excellent. I'll preach to you four. So, my message this morning is the temple and the lost scroll. So, it's all, I've just got a... a be in my bonnet, I guess, lately about the temple of God. So the next part of this message will be the temple and the kings and that is going to springboard us into a series on end times because I think they're all related um, when we understand how it all fits together. So I'm looking forward to the end time series. I've been planning this all year but just haven't felt ready for it yet. So probably coming towards the uh, end of the year, we'll, we'll start that series of end times and probably carry it on into uh, the new year. So I'm excited about that and uh, hope that you will get into it as well. Now, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Now, if you're in the prayer meeting this morning, you're not allowed to answer this question. So who knows what that scripture tells us? No hands. That's good. You know why? Because it says, don't you know? And of course you don't know because... The Bible says this scripture, you don't know. Anyway, don't you know, that's a joke, that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. God's spirit dwells within you. Now, I want to put this to you. The place of the church is to be the Lord's official ambassadors to the world. That's the, fun the function, the purpose of the church. Our place matters in world events. Uh, the church matters. Because it's through the church that God's spirit moves to bless the earth. So church matters a lot. It's not just one individual group of people gathering together somewhere. It's about the whole church. It's about those who believe in Jesus, promote his name, are filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, doing his work. So your assignment in the church is the main purpose for your life. That might be a surprise to some of you. I, I, I make no mistake about saying that. Your assignment in the church is the main purpose for your life. Um, our assignment as the church in the world is the main purpose of our lives. 
So there shouldn't be a distinction. Well, this is, you know, and I don't, I don't want us to be bogged down with this thing. Oh, what do you mean by my, 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 my work in the church is being the most important? Is that me, what I do on Sunday when I vacuum the floor or all that sort of stuff? It's your place in this, in this body of the church, which is Christ's body in the earth today, that has an influence and an impact right around the world every single day. So it's your part in that. It's very, very important. So I want us to look at the temple. Let's talk about the temple. Turn to someone and say, let's talk about the temple. Oh, you're a very, very observant group this morning. Very, very good. So the temple in ancient Judah was like a gauge to the, spirit, to the spiritual condition of the nation. So Second Chronicles is fascinating reading. See, here's a little life hack for you. I love it. Who does? Just go back. Just go back. The arrow next to the bows indicates what side your fuel cap is on. Who did not know that? There's, honestly, see, who didn't know that? So we learned just something this morning in church. There you go. So when you get in your car, you look at your bows, a little arrow, that means your fuel cap's on that side. So it's amazing information you get here in church. There's another one coming up later that you'll, I think will be really good too. So the, the temple in ancient Judah was like a gauge to the spiritual condition of the nation. Second Chronicles, let's move to the next one, is fascinating reading. Uh, in all of Second Chronicles, it mentions 20 kings uh, and one queen, an illegitimate evil queen. Um, and these were all in the age of Solomon's temple, in that time frame of Solomon's temple. So um, when the king and the people were distant from God, the temple was rejected. The temple was neglected. Um, when the king and the people were close to God, the temple was restored. So this was a cycle. A good king would repair the temple and reintroduce ceremonies and sacrifices uh, in the house of God. Um, the next king would, would stop sacrifices, neglect the temple. Um, idols were brought in to substitute worship of God. The priests would become unemployed and in one case, the doors of the temple were nailed shut. We're going to look at that in the part two of this, um, all the different kings and what they did. And uh, I think it's amazing that one king got so far from God, the nation got so um, disconnected from the purpose of God, that no one said, hey, that's not a bad idea to nail shut the doors of the temple. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing story. We'll look at that in a couple of weeks. So anyway, then a new king would come and initiate revival, and they would open up the doors, repair the temple, and start worshipping God again. So this cycle is a description of a generational history of the church. So again, it could, be, it could also be a description of our, our personal lives, but I believe it's a description of the church age, of uh, generational uh, times of, of uh, uh, wandering away from the plan and purpose of God as, as the church and then having revival moments where the church comes back to God and, and what we'll see when we look at the kings in the temple uh, coming up is how that even prophesies into the end times. So quite amazing story there. So we're going to look at Josiah today and, and Shalini and Jack had their baby this week and they named him, named him Josiah. And I was preparing this message yesterday and Pauline said, oh, his name's Josiah. And I said, I'm going to preach about him tomorrow. Is that coincidence or spooky? 
It's just like, whoa, touch a person next to you and see if you get some electricity coming out. <laughs> Josiah was a king who restored the temple. He was the 16th king after Solomon. 2 Chronicles 34 verse 11 says this. They restored, this is what King Josiah started, they restored what earlier kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. So today we're not dealing with stonework and timber to repair. We're dealing with restoration and maintaining the sanctity of doctrine, truth and authority from God's word. That's what we've got to restore as a church. That's what we have to maintain the correct, um, the, the correct place in our life is the word of God and the, the sanctity of the temple, which is the church. So I've got if people or when people. Go to the next slide there. If people of God... Uh-oh. Yeah, hang on. I'll just have to find my notes here because this technology is really awesome. And I don't have glasses, so I can't see what... Um, I know what I'll do. I'm going to beat the system here. Everyone read that up there while I... While I find myself. The lost, the lost scroll is the name of this message. It's a lost message. Here it is. I found it, found it in a different way. See, I'm, I'm so technology, I, I can find different ways to find the same thing. So, if people of God devalue the church, they neglect the house of God, something else is surely taking the place of the Lord. Something's taking place in my notes here. Probably not actually. Uh, it's probably but not actual that we, we don't have Asherah poles and idols in our houses that take the heart of Jesus in our lives. And I can just ask you to use your own imagination to interpret what that means in your life. But I don't think we have um, you know, physical idols these days that we would bow down and worship and make our sacrifices to. But uh, back to Josiah and restoring the temple, uh, verses 14 and 19. It says, while they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, because Josiah had said, let's start to collect money and uh, collect it all because we need to restore the temple because the doors are bro broken down, uh, the, the ceiling's cracked, uh, the floor's broken, uh, the, the toilets don't flush anymore, so we're going we're gonna to try and collect some money so we can fix it all up. And it says, while they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. So Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. What an amazing thing. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. Shaphan took the scroll to the king and reported, your officials are doing everything they were assigned to do. The money that uh, was collected at the temple of the Lord has been turned over to the supervisors and workmen. Shaphan also told the king, it's like a, by, a byproduct here, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. Now this story is so sad yet so revealing. They find a scroll that had been lost, that was misplaced, was forgotten, was covered in dust somewhere in the back room in the temple. See, it was the law of God. So the law of God that set them apart as a people, uh, as holy people, was discarded. It was somehow became irrelevant. And in the, the very temple that was built to preserve it, and so they find this discovery. It's like they're cleaning out the 
back wardrobes in church and they find this scroll and they think, heck, what is this? And they start to read it and then, and then as a, the guys who find it go, well, I'm amazed they didn't just throw it in the skip with all the other junk. But they, they thought, hang on a minute, don't throw that out. That's, that's why, you know, the, the people who go into my office, they go, what's this box stuff doing here? I go, no, no, don't throw it out. There might be something important in there. I still haven't gone through it yet. But see, the, the, the book of the law or the scroll of the law was lost and forgotten in the very temple that it was, the temple was built to preserve those things for the nation. And I, I ask a question, could that ever happen in the church? Now we have buildings, we have articles for worship, we have, we have you know, all this stuff for the use of, of worshipping God. Um, we have people doing duties. Um, now the lesson from the story is we can have all the stuff going on, but we have buried the word somewhere in a back room. Let it gather dust. And it's not at the forefront of what we're, what we're doing. So we take out the most important element and are left with a ceremony with no anointing. And so that's what the, the people of Israel had ceremonies still going on in the temple. They were, they were kind of worshipping, they were, they were sacrificing, they were doing all those kinds of things, but they had lost the anointing of God. They had lost the word of God in their ceremonies. So what, what do I think it's like Christianity with no Christ? It becomes just eanity. It makes no sense. We don't want to be eanity people. We want to be Christianity people. I can't imagine church with no Jesus. See, an eanity church, my, 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 um, my, my sense of humor there, but uh, an eanity church is merely a social engagement. So Christianity church is a spiritual relation altercation with Jesus, our Savior. And, and that's a whole different thing. When we're just living at an eanity church with no Christ, then, then we come to church and it's because our friends are there, our cousins are there, they've got comfortable seats, we like the coffee. That's eanity. We want to have a Christianity where, where it compels the, the heartstrings of our life, the spirit cause of our being to be connected to our Savior and his church, the body. So the most important point, Jesus is the living word. And in the case of the temple, the living word at that time was the law of Moses and they had relegated it to, the, to, to gathering dust in the back that no one ever looked at or considered anymore. So John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, In the beginning the word already existed, the word was with God and the word was God. Um, we've got to realise that, that Jesus Christ is that word. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. It goes on to say in John chapter 1. And the, the desire of God by sending Christ was that we could have a relationship with him. The desire of the church is that it be in full and constant relationship with the word, with Jesus. We've got to keep the word in the temple. We've got to keep the word in the church. See, the word is immovable, unchangeable, peerless, it's powerful. It's the very, very essence of all our faith and, and everything that we believe. Here's one. See, the word of God in the church is a gauge to the spirit, spiritual condition of the church. See, the word of God is Jesus applied to life. And there's a caution. If your gauge is this low, you have probably lost the book. 
And Jimmy's offended. He's like, oh, you, he always says, are you preach about me today? I go, yeah, probably. <laughs> we had a great night on Thursday night at Awaken. Just want to encourage you, when you see Awaken nights come on, come on, you, you come along. We had a tremendous time of worship, um, a, a great time of ministry together. So just want to encourage you. We haven't got any more planned for this year, but next year. Put them in your calendar when you see them and make it a priority. Bring your kids. Uh, I'll just say, this is commercial for Awaken. If you can only come for 10 minutes, come for 10 minutes of, of worship. If you can come for the whole thing, that's even better. But come along to the house of God. Expose your children to the presence of God. It won't harm them. It will make them better. So anyway, that's not anything to do with anything. Back to Josiah. I might just have the musicians come back and join me. That would be good. See, when it comes to the word of God, people have died because of it. Some people have been denied it their whole lives, yet longed to have it. It has inspired art, influenced science, brought stability wherever it is honoured. It cannot be lost somewhere in the back room of our church, of our lives as individuals. If we go uh, look further at this story now, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, looking at verses 19 to 21 now, I'll read it out to you. When the king heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah, then Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Isaiah, the king's personal advisor, go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me, and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah, inquire about the words written in the scroll that, is be, that has been found for the Lord's anger has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do. So in this, this discovery of the scroll... The king has the wisdom enough. He has the the humility enough. And Josiah turns the nation back to God. And they follow the word according to the scroll that was found. According to the lost scroll. I'm going to just ask if you will, if you'll stand with me this morning. And we want to just come before the Lord today. And I know we can have lots of opinions about so many things in life. So many ideas, so many attitudes about lots of stuff. But Josiah, he would have had opinions. He would have had attitudes. He would have had things that he thought, well, this is the right way that we should do things. This is good enough. And you know what? When when the lost scroll was found, he had the sense of the Spirit to say, we're in big trouble. We need, to, we need to change some things around here. And he turns the nation back to God. So the discovery turned a wayward people back to the Lord. So today, if we could just close our eyes and just want, to, want you to consider some things. No matter where you are in that journey, we the church are the temple of God. You are part of the temple of God, the temple of the Lord. And I want us to rediscover the law, the book of love from from the Lord. 
no matter where you are, I want us to declare today that we're not going to neglect the temple, the place that preserves the Word. We don't want to be a church that has just an Ian church with no Christ in it. We want to be a church that is full of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, full of life. We want to be a temple that honours the Word, preserves the Word, and loves the Word. If we just replace all that time when I said Word with Jesus, we want to be a church that loves Jesus. We want to be a church that preserves Jesus. We want to be a church that honours Jesus. He is the living Word, the the Son of God. I just want, want us to take a moment to pray submit our opinions submit our attitudes to the word today and perhaps in your own circumstances and situation it's like you've allowed the word to get lost in some back cupboard somewhere in a corner in your in your life today it's time to to say Jesus I want to discover your word in its power I want to be like Josiah who discovered again the Word of God, something that was given but somehow forgotten. So dear Jesus, let's just raise our hands right across this place. I just pray right now for every single person here in this place. I pray for us corporately as a church that we may rediscover the Word of God in our life again. Lord, that it it is greater than our opinion. It is greater than our attitude. It is better than than any wisdom that we can find anywhere else. But Lord, I pray that it brings power, that it brings clarity, that it brings righteousness into our lives and changes the lives of others around us today. So Lord, I just pray in this moment, as we spend some time with you, Lord, that we may be a temple that honours the Word, preserves the Word, and loves the Word. And we just pray and confess that right now over your people in Jesus' mighty name. Just while we're still standing and just perhaps if you can just keep your eyes closed. I want to give an opportunity for anyone here today. You've been disconnected from God. You've been away from God. Maybe you've never been to church before, but you're here today and you want to make your way to Jesus. You're thinking, well, if there is a God, I'm starting to sense something here and I want to I want to give my life to Jesus. This is just a moment for you to consider where you're at with God. And the Bible says that if we believe in the Lord, if we believe in Jesus and confess our sins to Him, then He is just and able to forgive us our sins and we're born again. If that's you here today, I'm just going to ask that You can make a decision right now that can change your eternal destiny. Perhaps if if you feel the Holy Spirit speak to you right now, just pop up your hand because I want you to pray a prayer this morning that can change your destiny. There's no hands going up. That's okay, but we do this prayer together just in case people maybe were too shy to put their hand up but this is a declaration that we can pray over ourselves often because we can get away from 
the, the word. We can get away from Jesus. So right now today, we're going to pray this together and bring ourselves back to that place of rediscovering the word again. So let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can take your seats. Just want to remind you again, this Thursday, be praying. Maybe write yourself a note. Uh, praying for our parliament. Praying for the um, uh, this religious discrimination bill that uh, we may see something good and positive come through that. Also, next Sunday, we have Pastor John Hunt. He is the ACC, Australian Christian Church's National Vice President, right here with us. So it's going to be a fantastic day. He is also um, Australian Christian Church's International Leader. So he looks after all our field workers right across the world. So it's going to be fantastic having him here uh, telling us about what's been going on around the world with the ACC. And also, I know he's got a word from God for us next week. So be here, 9 a.m. or 10.30. And uh, that's it from me. And Before you go anywhere, Kirsten, you can I'm stay sorry. on stage. I'm just going to butt in and we're going to get in early for Pastor Rob's birthday, which is next Thursday. Why don't you give him a hand? We just have a lovely gift we'd like to present to you and honour you with. Thank you. Happy birthday for, he's got a busy week in Adelaide, so keep him in your prayers. And then next Thursday, make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you.